time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is episode 252 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name's Trevor Long from EFTM.com.au. Joining me sitting here beside me in some swanky bar in Melbourne. We'll tell you about that in a minute. Stephen Fennick from TechGuide.com.au. G'day, mate. Good evening, Trevor. It's not often that the two blokes are in a nightclub, but uh, that's what we're doing to you right now. So uh, we'll explain why we're in a Melbourne nightclub as well. As one commenter said to me uh, earlier today, I think I posted on Instagram or something or Facebook, uh, off to Melbourne for a meeting uh, and a a podcast. And someone said, the length we'll go to for an in-person podcast, people. We are four months into the year and we are keeping our commitment here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Well, Stephen, we are here in a um, swanky upmarket bar of some description um, a VIP area just for the two uh, blokes this, is, this uh, is a VIP area this is very nice and we are here as guests of OPPO uh, otherwise known as OPPO but when you hear the OPPO. now that you, you've because I've, I've had this conversation before yeah. you hear the OPPO people and their PR people say OPPO yeah, that's you think they'd get that right wouldn't you they, they would get the pronunciation yeah, okay. of their own brand right yeah. so OPPO is a brand that we've talked about for a couple of years now making very nice um, smartphones very, selling very well in, in, in China um, something like 400,000 of the most recently announced phone were sold in four days So, and let me tell you I was really impressed that they gave that number like good to hear another mobile phone manufacturer like talking Apple, about yeah. quantity. Yeah. Although I, I noticed Apple have dropped off doing that. The, the uh, they haven't done it with the SE. Did they do it last year with the 6S? I don't think they did, did they? No, they only do it when it's big numbers. And Absolutely. let's be clear, we, we haven't got on the run today, but their earnings results were yeah. poor today. But still, they made ten billion. They made ten billion dollars. Call me. Call me when they're losing you have to pass money. The hat around for them. Yeah. Yeah. Call me when they're losing money. Anyway, Oppo announced the R9. Um, I'm going to say just after MWC somewhere. It was it was a little bit after that. And um, this is a beautiful looking phone. It is, I'll be honest, straight up, it looks like a buddy iPhone. It's got its curved edges. It, it, it has all the hallmarks. But it has a 16 megapixel front facing front camera, camera. Yep. A, zero, a 0.2 second fingerprint unlock. Um, and the, their VOOC smart fast charging, 75% in half an hour. So they're your three core features of this phone. Although you've left out, and this is what I like about it, the screen is 5.5 inches, but it's got a 1.6 millimetre bezel. So it's, it's almost like an edge-to-edge Which we've screen. talked about many yeah. a time, haven't we, and, with Apple? That's something that the iPhone doesn't even have. So it's a 5.5-inch screen that's, that fits into a product that feels more like a 5-inch device. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's, that's a standout feature for me too. And the Beautify 4.0 feature don't need for your it. selfies. Yeah. <laughs> Give yourself a wrap, why don't you? Um, a few people here that don't need it either too, just quietly. Um, but we don't need any drinks. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> but interestingly, we're not here for a mobile phone launch, in fact. So we know the phone exists. They've announced now that it'll be available on May the 9th. What's critical for a company like Oppo is where do you buy the bloody thing? Now, they had a very good retail deal in place with Dick Smith Electronics. They announced about a year ago they got their their phones into really good display centres in the Dick Smith and it helped them with sales. Unfortunately, Dick Smiths were a bunch of crooks and they've gone broke 
and oh, I don't give a yeah. shit. Um, and and Oppo are now out on their ass, and they don't have anywhere to yeah. sell their well, phones. Well, what it did, well, the, the Dick Smith deal. Uh, view it how you may, it gave them what 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 all companies crave: visibility. And the, the fact that they've, they're now partnering with JB Hi-Fi, that's going to give them even more visibility because JB are in the business and we've been talking... That to is them. why we're here. They've, they've yeah. announced a partnership with JB Hi-Fi. We were chatting, we were chatting with um, the, Frank. Uh, the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the JB Hi-Fi CEO, Richard. 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 And, uh, you know, look, look the, JB are in this, as, as, as everyone is, to make money. They see an opportunity here with uh, this, this partnership the phone's priced at $599. It offers a lot of bang for your buck. It offers them good margins. So they're going to get behind it. Yep. And it's a, it's a really smart move on Oppo's part where they are going to get that visibility. And when you walk into a JB Hi-Fi store, you can't help but look around. The, the way they set the store up, big price signs, big numbers, you think, wow, I'm going to get a deal here. Yep. That's kind of the psychology of the store. And you the want store. to look at other things. Now, they're taking the entire Oppo range. The R7, the R7S, the R, yeah. R9, the R9 F1. Plus, the F1, everything. They're taking all plus accessories. This is going to be an impressive-looking display. So, And as you, you mentioned there, margins are what's critical here. They're going to make more money off selling an Oppo phone than they are for Samsung, and that's incentive, yeah. uh, incentive for the sales rep and the company. So it is a fundamentally great move for Oppo. And a, and a good move for JB Hi-Fi at the same time. And I think they'll do very well out of it. I, I do. And, and just, just on the device itself, I think it's for, for what you get. There are some high-end features here. You've got an octa-core processor. You've got a 16-megapixel front-facing camera. I think the rear-facing camera is actually less megapixels than the front, would you believe? And it is has the that fast charging, which is incredible. Apparently, you can get 75% battery charge in half an hour. So that, that, I think that is a big tick for customers as well. Uh, the, the fact that it's also nice big screen, really, really like good-looking device, got contour edges, really stylish, well-designed, uh, and, and will will offer that value to the customer. Which is what people want, and we talked about this. Yes, the Samsungs and the Apples of the world are great phones. They're probably the best phones, and they are at a premium price, and they are bought mainly on contract. Um, I'd love to know what the legitimate percentages are, but trust me, the, the majority is on contract, and it's 80% plus, right? The, these are phones built for people who are willing to spend $600 out of their kicker, boom, on a phone and own it outright and be on a, a Maysim or an Optus or whatever. Or, and this is JB's smarts, is, or they're a Telstra a reseller. They can, they can get a Telstra SIM and get their phone number hooked up there on the spot. So JB do have a, an end-to-end -end experience for people if they need it and they do have good customer care. So there's a lot going on here for JB Hi-Fi. And, I, I, and look, I said to, to Michael from Oppo, um, this is a better deal for them than Dick Smith. But they couldn't have got this deal without the Dick Smith one. So it's actually it's actually quite interesting in that. Yeah, they they lost a bit of skin in the Dick Smith deal because of what happened to Dick Smith. But I think they're better for the run to use a sporting analogy. They now game of two halves. That's right. And now they're in the second half. They are the Fords have laid a good platform, and now they're going to perform to use all the cliches of the world. But no, I think that it is a really positive move. It's a team and, game, JB Hi-Fi and, and Oppo together. Look, JB, you, you look at the companies that are doing well in the retail space, and JP are right up there. Like, you know, they, they, are, they are doing really well. JB would probably have the same brand awareness as Harvey Norman now. Uh, and given that they're, they're a younger upstart, that's a bloody impressive thing, don't you reckon? Like, you think about when we... And this is, this is the question that we often get, is where do I buy that thing and what, where do I go for that thing? Now, yeah, Office works and Bingley exists. Well, Bingley's only in New South Wales, but... 
it's very hard to say anything other than Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi. And I actually find myself most of the time, I do this on the radio, when someone rings up asking for a TV, I go straight to the JB Hi-Fi website, use their price guide thing, and go, okay, he wants 50 plus, he wants to spend under two grand, and I just go, boom, what's available? Because it's the best and quickest way to find out what's so you available. You do that on air, you don't know that off the top of your head, mate? No so you, you Google stuff? Okay, how much is a 55-inch <laughs> Samsung LED? Three triple nine. No, that's no, mate. That's recommended retail. Well, You've got to find out what they're actually selling for, champ. That's all good. <laughs> just, just test, just testing you. But uh, now I, I think um, this. I'm looking forward to getting hold of this. Actually, I, I really want to use this phone. It's it, the, all those features. I, I really want to give the uh, the 16 megapixel camera a bit. The beautify feature. The uh, yeah. Well, like you, mate. I, I, do I, to I don't your think I need it. Is octa-core enough for that? <laughs> uh, sorry, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> someone been through your house with an axe and smashed all the mirrors, as <laughs> Chippy would say. Sorry, Robert Redford. I'll, I'll do my best with that. But Beautify 4.0. Let's face it, mate. Anyone who takes a lot it's of if you got Beautify 2.0. Well, that's right. Well, you've got you've got to upgrade to 4.0. But yeah, anyone who takes a lot of selfies. Let's face it. Let's be honest. They're a little bit. They're not a little bit self-conscious. They're very self-conscious, right? They want to look their best. That's right. Okay, that's why they're taking a selfie in the first place. Mark so Mark Fennell needs an Oppo R9. <laughs> Yeah, anytime you want to invite us on download the show, happy happy to appear. Forget Trevor, I'll do it on my own. But anyway, Trevor said that, not me. But uh, yeah, the Beautify 4.0, the 16 megapixel front-facing camera, they're going to get a good workout when I get hold of the device. Good stuff. You can read about the Oppo and JB Hi-Fi deals and the R9 at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. Now here's the part, Trevor, where in the editing instructions you need to play up the Game of Thrones theme. Are you able to do that? Or? I just realised I have to edit this now because <laughs> I've been leaving breaks for the stings. There you go. But uh, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones and anyone... Wow. I, I, know I love that show. I know you're not a fan. I know you're not I've a fan. I've never seen an episode. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what, right? You and I represent a really good snapshot of... of the, of the community which is right. why this because, works so well that's right because there are so many people who have expressed it I don't, they don't, they don't give a rat's ass whatever about Game of Thrones and yet the other half who includes myself vocal minority uh, are just so wrapped up in the show yeah. now and, and there's been a lot of build up season 6 is coming it's first episode was on Anzac Day of all days 11am broadcast on Foxtel same time as the US so some of us Good went job. to the city for the Anzac march, but okay. Yes. No, but well, the Anzac, there were dawn services, mate. <laughs> but uh, the the thing, the, the reason we're talking about it is because it set a record. Season one premiere, season six premiere, episode one, set a record of viewers. 727,000 watched it live. That doesn't include people who IQ'd it, so who recorded it. Yeah, that's across the couple of different showings across the day. Well, that's right. So 727,000 in the first day made it the biggest pay TV program of all time. Ahead of the 2011 Rugby World Cup semi final between Australia and New Zealand, which, which, was, which was 701,000, something like that. 19. And, and, and that's, that 20, that's five years ago. The record's been broken from five years ago. So let's break this down. 727,000 people paid for a Foxtel subscription or a Foxtel Play mini subscription, but trust me, 700,000 of them have got Foxtel. Absolutely. The other 20,000 might have paid for some low, low discount. Foxtel Play but, subscription. But that figure doesn't include the people who didn't watch it live. So if, if they've, it'll be over a million people that have watched this initial episode Look, in Australia. Foxtel shouldn't come any further with their numbers because it gets a bit wishy-washy for people watching it twice. Frankly, 726 is 727, whatever it is, is probably a little bit wishy-washy because people would have watched it twice. Yeah. 
So does that so, you, so I thought it was just for the live 11 a.m. No. So it's for both. No, well, I okay. saw the numbers. It was like 350,000 because I was talking to a mate from Foxtel on Sunday and they said they were running a sweep at work, you know, written up on the wall who, how much it's going to be. And, and she said it was like, she thought 400,000. I said high, like 390 or something like that. Now the first viewing, it was something like you know, three hundred and fifty or four hundred thousand. Then it was then it was two hundred thousand. It was it quickly added up. Now here's my thing. So then you look at uh, Torrent Freak had some data analysing the torrents going out there. A million downloads of it illegally around the world. That's around the world. That to me is a very small number. Twelve percent in Australia, which means one hundred twenty-five thousand downloads in Australia. Now. Let's be clear, that doesn't mean 125,000 people downloaded it and watched it. They may just be torrenters that download everything, right? Some torrent boxes just download everything. So let's call it 60,000 people watched it illegally. Those 60,000 people represent the, the most vocal minority who think that it should be made available cheaper, more affordable, faster or something. And that's why they need to download illegally. I've got breaking news for you. Foxtel is a business they smartly bought the rights to this show and paid bazillions of dollars for this exact reason. Now, I'll call it out. Mark, Mark Serrells from Kotaku wrote an article today and published it on Gizmodo, a very good article that said why I was forced to download Game of Thrones illegally. And it was all this thing about how he struggled to use Foxtel Play last year, couldn't pay for it. He was fortunate enough to get a free subscription from Foxtel Play. It didn't work. It was crap. It was really a bad interface. And it is. Let's be honest. Foxtel Play is the worst of all the streaming platforms, right? Stan, Netflix, even Presto is better than Foxtel Play. But the fact is, that doesn't mean you were forced to watch it by illegally. You could have two options. You could have got a Foxtel installation like 2.7 million homes in Australia have done and pay every month for it. Or you could wait and buy it on iTunes when Foxtel release that window rights. Yeah, it's right. Well, I think Foxtel, and, and as you said, Foxtel, they're, they're not silly. They knew this is a big product. It's a massive product. The biggest product is proven now. The biggest, but they, pro- the biggest product in terms of overall you know, talk, but it's not the biggest television product in the world. No, no, like, of course not. It, no, this at, this at program, the t- at the moment, this program would not work on free-to-air TV. No, of course not. It wouldn't be shown on free-to-air TV because it would be late at night. You wouldn't be able to watch it on free-to-air TV at any decent hour. Yeah. But the Foxtel, they were building this up for months. They even had deals around uh, getting adding your showcase to your package for an extra five bucks. So they, they were positioning themselves to avoid this very criticism. So that the, they were positioning themselves to say, right, anyone who was going to be vocal about, oh, well, like this story, they could come back and say, well, you could watch it for 25 bucks a month. You can be a Foxtel subscriber. Yeah. So, so then, the then, whole then someone said, it was Campbell Simpson, said to me, but that's $800 is the minimum Foxtel subscription when you get it installed. I said, yeah, that's over 12 months. And he goes, it's a three-month TV show. I went, yeah, you're not watching one TV show on Foxtel. I want to break it to you. I now have in my home a Foxtel box, a single box, a HD and the sports pack. $60 a month I pay. Do you know why I have that? Formula One. It's the only reason. It's the so only the reason I have it. And I pay $60 a month to watch Formula One practice, qualifying and race live. I make that decision. If I didn't want to do that, I would not do it illegally because it's illegal. Like, I just don't get the sense of entitlement that people think that HBO or Foxtel should suddenly relinquish the whole business model that supports the entertainment industry and say, oh, yeah, you can have it for $1.99, just download it whenever you want. It's just silly. Agree. agree. Now, it's, it's, look, there are in the US, of, you know, it's a whole, whole different story in the US. They've got HB Now and all these other services yeah. that let you pay less per month to enjoy it. 
Well, unfortunately, we don't have the numbers. Also, 300 in million That's people right. in America. So we don't have the numbers to support that. So you, if you if you like the show enough, then you'll go to those lengths. These these people who are criticising it don't like the show so much that they wouldn't that they pay for Foxtel. So. It, the case has proven itself. Game over. Wait it, for it. Wait itself. for it to come on iTunes we'll, and buy we'll, it then. Or buy it on Blu-ray when it comes out in, in eight months. So, you know, I think it is... Look, it's going to be a great season. And the fact that Foxtel has... They've promoted it beautifully, by the way. It's any Every opportunity they've got to promote it, they've done it really well. It wasn't overkill because you're kind of marketing to a group of people who are desperate for any skerrick of information about this particular program. I'm one of those people. They've done a really good job and... The fact now that just talking about the show on its own, so we're in we're in a territory now where there is no you can't be a smug person like I used to be who's read the books, who knows what's coming. We've gone ahead of the books now. This they're on that we're in uncharted territory. So the reason I think that people are so avid watching it on that first day is because they're terrified of spoilers. You don't want to Watch, record this and watch it two days later because it's, someone's bound to spoil it for you. Yeah, which is why that's I pay why, for Formula One. That's I, why I, you want to do it. I couldn't not know who yeah. won the race there and then. Simple yeah. as that. So, so uh, a, a great result for Foxtel. And as I said, and I, was, I overhyped the headline, I get that, but the you know the the death of TV has been greatly exaggerated, right? Absolutely. You know, There's no way that, that we're in a place where even Foxtel's dying. Yes, they have to rejig the business model, but gee whiz. They're, they're on a winner with a lot of what they're doing. And look, just, just Game of Thrones aside, they do have a lot of other shows. Forget sport for a second. They do have a lot of programs that are compelling. And and this, this is the whole art of movies and TV. You make a product that people want to watch, they're going to find a way to watch them. You know, whether it's illegally or through Foxtel. Foxtel very cleverly have got all these programs, not to mention the Formula One, Live Rugby League, Live AFL. Well, well put, in order, of, in order of priority, Stephen. Uh, you can read about the Game of Thrones uh, successful Fox Hill on techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Uh, so I was in New York for like a day uh, last week uh, with Acer. And, Stephen, this was one of those events. We've been to a million of them where they just, you know, talk about the year, CEOs there, and they, they put all the products out. And they're annoying a bit for us Aussies because there's 300 products and... 50 of them are going to come come to Australia and the best ones are not going to be here for months, months. But let me tell you about four, no, five, five quickly that that I saw. Two, the first two, not coming to Australia, but very cool. There's a thing called the Grand Pad. It's like a a tablet for for grandparents that literally uh, the tablet is is proprietary to them, but then it uses an app at the other end for the grandkids or or the kids so they can just with a tap just dial their kids and have communi- like FaceTime-style communication with their kids. Well, I was wondering what you were talking about, a grand pad. I, I thought you meant to like uh, some special underwear they've got to wear or something. <laughs> I what you were talking about. Glad I clarified that. Yeah. So I, I actually thought that was really... Because I thought of my... I visited my nana only a few weeks ago. She's 98. And it would be... She's sitting in a you know, small room in a nursing home. I could give her a tablet, and, but there's no way I could teach her... Even though iPads are amazing, no way I could teach her the basics of that or talk her through the tech support. So that was cool, but it's not coming to Australia. The other one, they got this thing, I forget the name, but it's a bike computer, you know, your garments and the like, but it's also got a camera built in. So the, then the challenge there is it's not, um, it's not two devices, but here's the other thing. It works on heart rate. So it will record when your heart rate peaks. So if you nearly had an accident or you did something amazing, it'll start recording. So it's an intelligent camera in the bike. So I think they'll go really well in the US. 
three products coming to Australia this year. Um, the Aspire S13 is an ultra slim laptop, which, to be honest, looks magnificent. Like they're they're clearly going to challenge like here. Yeah. They don't use the word Ultrabook anymore, if you know. Well, Ultrabook is a term that is can only be used with Intel. Term. It's an Intel term, yeah. Yeah, but this is this an fits Intel. the criteria. It's yeah. less than 17 mil, and it's an yeah, Intel no, processor. Right. They're not using that term as yeah. much. Yeah, I wonder why. The death of the Ultrabook. Anyway, so it's an ultra slim laptop, and it does it competes with the Yoga from Lenovo and Apple's uh, MacBook Air. Uh, not absolutely not as high quality material, but at a price point, they say half the price of the big guys. So it should be half the yep. price of a MacBook Air. But it comes in white with a gold um, hinge or, it looks or a black. Like a MacBook Air, I heard though. Is that right? It looks a bit no, like it. No, no, not at all. Okay. And the black version, it's got this really nice um, uh, textured cover, and they've got this kind of diamond cut around the keyboard and the mouse pad. It's a very nice solution. I think it'll come here for about twelve hundred odd dollars, which will be quite. Good. That's one challenge in the PC market is trying to stand out from the crowd. Oh, exactly. Like, you put your people like this gold, this white yeah. one will stand out. Well, that, that's that, that's that's great to hear because people walk into a store and they see all these laptops. They think, where the hell do I start? And they stand look out for the crowd, absolutely. So no, that's good news that the companies are, are trying to stand out for and the I crowd. I spoke to their their like boss of computers, Jerry, and um, he Is said... his official title? Uh, boss, <laughs> boss <of laughs> no, but it's close. Okay. It's very, very close. What was his name? Um, Jerry. Jerry, yeah. Yeah, Jerry. Definitely his name was Jerry. This is Jerry from Jezza. Acer. Yeah, yeah. Jezza from Jezza. Acer. Yeah, boss yeah. of computers is on yeah. his business card. <laughs> yep. He had a paper business card. It wasn't cardboard. Paper, that, really, really. Yeah, I felt like it was just printed for the day. But it's anyway, because <laughs> um, uh, the second product they announced is a thing I can't remember the name of, but it's a, it's a, it's a Surface yep. uh, com- competitor. Now, tablet. the, the tablet. Kicked, tablet two, two in one. one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that confusing? Yeah. Is it a tablet? Is it two in one? You know, removable, thin, uh, fabric-style keyboard. Yep. Very much a Surface. But here's the thing. No, no vents on the side. No... Fan cooling, oh, Intel core processors, but it has like thermal cooling. They've got like you know water cooling going yeah, on in there. Right. Yeah. Very innovative little idea. And he said to me, so Jerry, you have to pour, is there a little thing you pour <laughs> the water in, or you got to top it up like your car? You put water in there. Jerry said to me, Jerry, yeah, Jezza. Yeah. I said, what's the deal? He said, we're we're renowned as, as having great quality, low cost products. What Microsoft? He admitted that Microsoft had paved the way, basically, to show that people will spend good money on a on a high-end product. So he's gone. We want it to be in that space. So the Aspire S13 and the, and their tablet are there to be good quality stuff that people will aspire to having. A very interesting kind of move up into that high price range. And then in gaming, you know, they got their Predator range of laptops and stuff. They had a, a you know, their big gaming desktops. They had one of those things. All the power in the tower, but shrink down into a smaller size tower. And then a 17-inch uh, gaming... Shrunk down. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. 17-inch <laughs> gaming laptop that has, you know, you've got these fan, fan cooling, you know, pushing out all the hot air. Well, this one has the air intake at the front. So most of them have air intake on the bottom, and, mate, it's hot on underneath, right? I got a feeling you liked this because it was kind of a similar concept to a Formula One car. Is yes. that right? Is that right? Yes. There you go. All right. So radiator at the front. Radiator. Radiator at the front. Fan at the front pushes yeah. the cold air over the processors, yeah. and then the two fans at the back push the warm air out. Very smart stuff. Huge, like a yeah. massive. This is no ultrabook. I've, I've never seen a laptop so big. You can change the RAM in like seven seconds with the pit stop. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> but get this right. No. Nvidia were there. Showing off uh, Oculus Rift, HTC Vive, all the VR. Cards, yeah. Now they, and I like this terminology, they're talking about VR-ready computers, yes. right? So is this computer capable? Because you've got to remember, VR means not just one resolution, yes. a lot of processing. Yes, right. Their laptop is VR-ready. Can you imagine a laptop that is capable of processing VR? 
Well, that's going to mean a lot of people are going to take them on aeroplanes and cafes and look like absolute and look like a bit of a goose in public with their VR headset. This and laptop. You, know, while the, you know what's funny? I remember seeing someone at a, in Vegas airport with the Gear VR. It was probably Daniel Elias. I don't know who it was, but Gear VR, it was a big, no, it was a big black, black guy in America, right? Anyway, that's the best way I could describe him. But he was sitting there with his with his luggage and everything around him. How hard would it, it would be? So easy. So he's on, take his, he's on his VR. He, he, you, you know take his luggage, be, take everything. That'd be a great candid camera <laughs> thing, right? Because you know, in Samsung Gear VR, you can have the the look through, yeah. so you can actually use the phone's camera to look through. So you could look like you're in a virtual world, yeah. but you're actually looking around you, wait, right? Wait for someone to take it. Yeah, yeah. we should. You could be recording two blokes experiment. We might try. Yeah, because we're big on experiments. <laughs> anyway, so uh, details of those products are up at eftm.com.au. Every week, thanks to good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. The um, Netgear Nighthawk X8 R8500 router is sensational. Both of us have reviewed it. You can find our reviews at our website, EFTM and uh, techguide.com.au. The key feature here for me is the active antennas on these things. Yeah, they look cool because the blue light on the top of the antenna makes it look pretty awesome in your in your room. But you turn the lights out. Yes, yeah. but it's actually a, a genuine feature that puts the the amplification of the signal at the top of the antenna instead of down near the motherboard, which reduces interference. Now that may all be gobbledygook, but to me, I put this thing in, and the Wi-Fi across my entire home was improved. In the furthest reaches of the home, I'm now getting great Wi-Fi signal. This is a $700 uh, router. It is high end, but if you have high-speed internet coming into your home, multiple devices, large family, large home, this is outstanding. Streaming Netflix, streaming Foxtel Play, whatever it might be, the Netgear Nighthawk X8 Tri-Band R8500 uh, from Netgear. Check it out at netgear.com.au. I'm exhausted. <laughs> we um, we talk a lot about smartphones. We were saying just off air in the off air show that we don't publish. Um, Lucky we don't either. There's bloody a lot of smartphones coming out. The moment, coming right? our way, I think. So on Monday, I'd got back from uh, New York on Sunday morning, and you know, Amanda had been with the kids for four days, so I thought I'd take them off her hands. Uh, Monday morning, we got up, and we went into the city, caught the train into the city, and I thought, city's it's a bloody beautiful day. No better time to test some cameras, right? So I took with me the LG G5, which I've started using as my primary phone. Took an iPhone 6S. I took a Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge. And I thought, uh, you know, something mid-range. I took the Alcatel Idol 4, which will be out soon. Now, that's a $400 phone, uh, you know, $1,000 phone, $1,100 phone, and $1,300 phone. And you know what I did? I didn't, you know, set up shots. I just went, I kept the kept all those phones in my bag. And every time I went to reach for my LG and I took a photo, I went, I'll stop, guys, and do the same photo three other times sometimes four because the LG's got that wide angle camera yes. so I took hundreds good of photos feature, I quite it, like is, that one, it yeah. is a really good feature um, and I've, what I've done is I've published all the photos as best I can you know opera house close-ups wide shots yeah. everything like that and I've got to say Stephen I found it very hard to say who's the best camera very hard yeah I think uh, no, that's a great experiment I, I, I did a, when I reviewed the S7 and S7 Edge I, I did that with the iPhone and the Samsung phone and what I found is that the difference between photos looking great on the device but also looking great off the device because in in my experience with the samsung and iphone i, I found that on the screen the samsung amoled screens really colorful really rich colors but once you get them off off the devices and have them on a on neutral territory there's not much difference. So I 100% agree. Uh, iPhone and, and Samsung were very, very similar. LG, 
frankly batted way above its weight, it's probably top two. So, so in my mind, if I had to rank them, Samsung and LG are in the other top two. Interchange, whatever you like. The, the wide-angle feature sells it for me. I think LG G5 best camera on the market today. But what, what was massively surprising to me was the Alcatel Idol 4, right? I did things like pointed at a, at a city where there's a building with a lot of bright sun on it. And, you know, that normally just ruins everything in a, in a cheap... It did not. It did not ruin anything. That camera performed well. And you know what I did? I took the exact same photo and I posted it on Instagram on each from each phone. From the phone, directly, native, same, everything. And I embedded those in the story because I wanted people to see on their own, on one screen, four photos from four different cameras in the same environment. And I've got to tell you, you know, if you're on social media, Alcatel... Oppo, Huawei, these phones are sensational for taking social media photos. Like we've really reached a point now where we've reached peak camera. I, I can remember years ago, like I'm talking like five, six years ago, maybe, maybe longer, where you'd see someone at say a wedding or somewhere taking photos with their phone, and I'd think to myself, what a goose! Like the, your camera in your pocket's better than your phone. Well, now that's not the case. Now we've reached a point where the phone in your camera is better than any of those phones. I chose not cameras. to take a camera to New York. I just took my phone. You don't need to. Well, absolutely. You don't need to now. Like, I'll, How far we've come with, with, with the, the cameras in general, but also the quality of the smartphone camera. I can remember during the Sydney Olympics, I was a sports editor of the telly. They were using SLR cameras that were one megapixel resolution. We, we photographed the Olympics. Now, the smartphone in your pocket is 10 to 15 times better than that. Oppo R9 is a 16 on the front, right? There you go. So, That's so, how far we've come. And, and it's probably, again, an interesting experiment. I put about 34 photos from New York on my Facebook page. Uh, what is it? Facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. I put 30 photos from New York. Now, all of those photos, I should declare, were taken on uh, iPhone SE, and but they were all put through Snapseed. I, you know, mucked around with each of them I, to make them look I good, noticed. right? Because yes, you, that's, yeah. but that's what people are doing, right? Yep. And I did that with the Alcatel, right? I went, yep. okay, even not even using Snapseed, I'll just use an Instagram filter and made it look better. Yep. Let's be honest, we're at peak camera. But Absolutely. what I realised out of this experiment is Apple has massive ground to make up with the iPhone 7. Yep. They are six months, let's be remember, these are six months ahead in terms of production. So Apple is going to catch up. Yeah, but no, but I'll, they, I'll they, they do have ground to make up. I do. You go back to the point, though, where... Out of the, out of the device, the, I, I found the iPhone photos to be equal to these other devices. On the device, it, it, there's so many factors like the brightness of your screen and all, all the, what what you've done. Your settings on your phone can affect it. Like I can remember showing people side by side the photos I'd taken with the Samsung, the photos I'd taken on an iPhone. The Samsung photos looked better on the screen because, an AMOLED because, because the AMOLED screen. But as I said, take them off the screen, put them on a level playing field so it's all, all equal. And iPhone's still up there, in my opinion. Anyway, if you want to see those photos, I've put them up at eftm.com.au. Well, Sony have uh, just released, or about to release, their new 2016 range of their 4K HDR televisions. And... We both spent some time uh, looking at these TVs. Some very the the, the new products. Uh, it's the most really awkward time of my life. I've got to be honest. <laughs> when they left you in the room by yeah. yourself. So like, let's have a briefing at nine. The, the, the invitation was nine to one. I went. You you realise you you should have said nine to ten. She goes nine to one. I went. What are we going to do for four hours? They go. You can do whatever you want. Play a PlayStation. No, I left at ten. There you go. What are well, we going to do for four I hours? I stayed a couple of hours. I stayed about two and a half hours and watched it. Watched things and 
watched, you know, played with the TV. I had a Coke, I had the chips, I had the chocolate. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I stayed longer. Let me talk about the TVs now. Okay, the, the TVs, I, I looked at the uh, x 9300 Self-employed, man. I've got to yeah. take the chocolate where I can. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And the X8500. Now, these are 55 and 65-inch TVs. Now, these are LED TVs. I'm going to stop you right there. Tell me the difference between the 9300 and the 8500. Well, I think the the difference was there was the backlight algorithm was different in the 9300 to the 8500. Yeah. So the they did a really good demonstration. They actually, and this was a brave demonstration. They Very brave. The, the X9300, the 65 inch, right next to the LG OLED 65 inch. So uh, it was, and the demonstration was HDR. And HDR, as we've spoken about in the past, brighter brights, blacker blacks, all the detail in between. And they did some great demonstrations showing the Sony screen, how it displays HDR, its black levels, contrast, brightness of color. And in most cases, it was equal to the OLED. And in some cases in the HDR department, actually exceeded the OLED, in my opinion. There were some that were better. When LG did their big display and and introduction on this, they they had this sliding chart of um, like f-stops they were talking about, like the camera f-stops. And they showed that the OLED went much further back in the blacks, but it very clearly, and they didn't point it out, but it very clearly stopped lower than the others in brightness. So there is definitely a gap in how, how bright it can be. And that's what I saw in the Sony. In the, Imagine Las Vegas, bright lights, big hotel on lights, and then a smaller hotel not lit up. And you could see that hotel much better on the Sony. But that felt washed out to me. I've said this in my own podcast. It felt like when you over-egg an Instagram um, filter, it felt a little bit washed out to me, though. But, no, but, but Jesus Christ, that's a picky thing to say. It, it, well, look, I think it, not many people are going to actually have the opportunity to sit an LG OLED next to a Sony TV in the first place. We, we were lucky enough that we could do that. But the secret source, I think, in the Sony TVs is this new backlight algorithm they've worked out where the backlight array, whatever they're calling it, is the ability to have... And you've got to remember, OLED pixels turn off. So there's black, it's pure black. The, the LED, the Sony TVs, there is a backlight that they've got to control. So it reminded me of the high sense conversation about how many zones they had, right, but right. Sony wouldn't tell us how many zones. It's proprietary no, information. Right, but clearly, they've clearly they've nailed a way of making a lot of zones, which means you're not getting that grey wash out across the no, whole no, screen. No, no, it no. was a very impressive TV screen, I've got to say. The 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 scenes, and you, I think they use Vegas as one example, where there were other examples where there was an absolutely bright image, bright part of the image, and then right next to it, it was black as black can as can be on an LED screen. So the, this is the breakthrough they've made. The, the Sony add, throw in tri-luminous display technology, throw in all the other heritage they've had with making great picture quality. Plus, it's a really slim TV, really stylish-looking TV. I think the stand they've designed is beautiful. I think it'll stand out in retail stores quite well. I think Android TV looks good and easy, yeah. easy to navigate. I was going to mention that the Android operating system offers a lot of benefits for, from accessing content, but also it's got a. It means it's got a built-in Chromecast. Like I, I went around and he cast to the TV, and I went around the back looking for the Chromecast, and I, and I said, "Oh, hang on a minute! It's Android operating system. Of course, it's got Chromecast built in." So being able to do that, another big tick. 
But uh, on the audio side too, the down-firing speaker sounded really good. And if you want to hang it on your wall, there's an accessory that makes it easy to hang it on your wall, as easy as hanging a photo. It comes with it on the 9300. Yeah. It is. Uh, that, that in is, the box with a bloody picture hanger. And when you do actually hang it off the wall, it is so close to the wall, it is like a painting. Well, I said, mate, you've got a problem here. You can't get the, the you know, can't plug in. He goes, no, no, you just pull it out because it's hanging from the top. You pull it out like a couple of centimetres and you reach in. So you, you actually like the pulling a picture away. You pull the TV off. That's what, that's what I like about this Sony TV is that they've thought, they've even got the cable management at the back of the TV. They've thought of those little things to make the whole experience great. It's not just about the picture quality, audio quality, the whole experience. They've thought about it, the design, how it looks, how it's going to look in your home. They've thought about all of that, and I've got to say, I'm a fan of these TVs. I think that they're, they're out late this month, early May, and throughout May, uh, the 4K 2016 HDR, and you know we're seeing 4K Blue uh, Ultra HD Blu-ray discs now appearing on the market. You're going to see some players from Samsung, from from Panasonic, and LG, and everyone else. So. Uh, a very exciting time if you're a 4K fan. I think we're both massive fans of the uh, Sony TV, so I look forward to seeing those uh, in stores soon. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, just quickly before we get to uh, your minute reviews, um, <laughs> Dyson. <laughs> I mean, James Dyson is half pie genius, half pie Fruit Loop, right? Because he invented the most amazing vacuum you'll ever find, the motor system, the fan system, whatever. And he then moves, he, he moves a lot of air around. He, he loves he, he, well, he, his products really sucked. Let's be honest. But then <laughs> he confident. created he created those air blowing bloody hand dry things, and we all thought well, that's stupid. Blades, yeah. But they're everywhere. Yeah. Like you go to a public restroom now, they are everywhere. Well, those I'm things. No, I'm oh my god. No, I don't. I'm um, <laughs> and so then today they announce a hair dryer. <laughs> Now, talk about reinventing. It does it make sense. It makes total it's sense. It's moving air. But here's the thing. It's, comp- it's not just a, a Dyson hairdryer. It's a reinvention. So the motor, which you would normally have in the, in the, in the top, it's in the handle. So the weight of the thing is in your hand. It has an ultrasonic buddy temperature sensor so that it can tell if your hair's getting too hot. It doesn't dry your hair out. Yeah, I was... It won't burn your hair. That was an interesting feature. I mean, I is this insane or what? I think... Dyson, when you're when you're onto something, when you can move air around really well, okay, and that's, that's we do that well. That's what he does. He moves air really well, either in, to suck up. Dust that's on his business card, James water. Dyson. I move air really well. Well, he blows air out with his fan. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're thinking, and he sucks it up with his vacuum cleaner. So he's thinking, well, how else could people using Dyson? We Russian suck and blow. Air. That's <laughs> that's their new tagline. Probably won't work, I don't think. But um, unbelievable. It, it actually looks completely different. It is quite light to, to hold. And apparently, it's going to revolutionise the body industry. Have you been using one, mate? Your hair's oh, wow. You know, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, no, it's stopping the baldness. Well, um, I'm desperately looking forward to reviewing this one. <laughs> well, you know what will happen? My two daughters and my wife will say, thank you very much, and I'll never see it again. But here's the thing, and I don't want to get to, but blokes will know this, right? And, and the ladies listening, thank you for listening. Um... The you spend a lot of money on these products. You think hair straightener, right? What, what's what? It, you're you're a man with kids. Hair straightener. What brand comes to mind? Uh, the G H D. That was good enough, G-H-D. Stephen. G-H-D. See, yeah, that's the thing. The Women and and hair product users know about quality, and they will buy this bloody thing. Well, I know hair dryers too can be very very uh very finicky. Yeah, but oh, but not like that. But they they as soon as something goes wrong with them, they got to throw them out. They're not, they don't seem to be very long-term product, long-life product. 
Anyway, breaking news on Dyson. <laughs> Two blokes talking hair dryers. Who would have ever thought, mate? Who would have ever thought? Uh, we do it all thanks to good people at Netgear. Here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Radio here in the palatial Melbourne bar. I don't even know what it's called, mate. Um, let's call it Bond because it's on Bond Street. Um, it's time for Stephen's Minute Reviews. This is a product we mentioned maybe a few weeks ago we when it first... We teased it. We yeah. teased it, we teased it we over teased a long it. period of time yeah. then, didn't we? Um, but this is... I've got to say... I'm very impressed with this product. Yes, I'm just I'm finding it hard to use because uh, I can't bring myself to not take my yeah. normal laptop. Well, I, I don't think it's the Samsung Galaxy Tab, yeah, Tab S Pro. Pro S, yeah, Tab Pro S, and I don't think we, like the the, the the customer who's going to be buying this product is thinking: Do I buy a tablet? Do I buy a laptop? Or can I get a product that can cover both? This is that product. It's it's the it's got a 12 inch AMOLED screen, four gig of RAM, 128 gig of internal memory. That's it. There's no external memory card. There's no other USB ports. There's a USB-C port. So this is kind of a Windows 10. Isn't USB-C light taken off in the last three has. months too? It's Jesus, on, I've got so phones. many bloody yeah. provide. Absolutely. But the, de- the device is uh, Samsung's entry into that super tablet space, which the stats from Telsite a couple of a week and a half ago said that the tablet market's actually depressed two years in a row. So it's gone down two years in a row. Yet... But they're expecting a big kick in 2016 because of products like this, where people are looking at tablets as being more than just a tablet. Let me bring you back to my mate, Jerry. Jezza. Jezza. He, he made a good point to me. The post-PC era. What's a PC? Like, who's defining what that is? The, the, exactly right. And the Galaxy Tab Pro thing is the first Windows device for, under the Galaxy brand. So that's a big thing for Samsung. But it is also, it's a tablet, but it's a two-in-one. So it's a PC. Where does it live? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? The lines are blurring, most definitely. But this device comes with a keyboard ca- uh, case as well. That's something you need to buy when you buy a Surface Pro 4. Let's face it, Surface Pro 4 is really setting the bar in this category. The, the uh, Tab Pro S comes with a case. doesn't come with a pen. Surface Pro 4 comes with a pen. doesn't come oh, with a case. God. You work it out. The, the device is, like in terms of processing power, performance, this isn't going to break any kind of record in terms of 3D modeling, 3D animation. It's not going to do it. If you if you just sort of general use, you know, getting through some decent tasks, maybe PowerPoint stuff, and you know, getting through those sort of tasks, it'll handle it. If you're a high-end user, look elsewhere. This is not going to be the device for you. But if you're one of those users who is a is a more a casual laptop user, needs needs to browse, needs to do the odd tasks. Wants to have the convenience of a tablet when you want. Portability, it's so light. It's great. 6.3 millimetres, only, I think, 610 grams or whatever it weighs. It's under my scales. Really, that's right. Even you can handle this one. Uh, And and interestingly, Samsung, who, unlike Apple and Microsoft, who Apple's have got got the iPad Pro, and they've got an iPhone running the same operating system. Window or Microsoft's got the Lumia and the Surface Pro 4 running the same operating system. Samsung, on the other hand, have got this super Windows 10 tablet their super phone is running Android. So they've got a feature called Samsung Flow, which allows the phone to connect to the laptop, to the to the tablet, gives you the ability to unlock the tablet with your fingerprint, see your notifications. Doesn't really give you any other use apart from that. It'd be useful, I said in my review, it'd be useful if you could transfer data or use it as like a USB drive or something like that. Maybe that's the next version. That would have been a bigger improvement. The fact that they had to kind of bring that into the... The, bring the Galaxy S7 into the picture using this feature 
was a little bit tenuous. I think it's not, not a lot of people are going to make use of that feature. But overall, decent tablet. I think it starts at $14.99 for the Windows 10 Home, $16.49 for the Windows 10 Pro. No price yet for the 4G LTE version, which is coming in the next few weeks. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Samsung Galaxy Tab Pro S. Check it out at techguide.com.au. And this is one of those products that you think, why the hell didn't Apple release that? Absolutely right. The Logi Base from Logitech. Now, Logitech are no strangers to making accessories for the iPad. They've made, a, they've made their company success on the back of that. Now, if you own an iPad Pro, look on the side of the device. There are three little smart connectors that, that is used to connect the smart keyboard. Did you know it can power be powered, the iPad can be powered through those connectors as well? I did that's not know that. The, uh, that's what the Logibase allows you to do. The Logibase is basically a stand for your iPad that can also charge it at the same time using those smart connectors. It'll work with a 12.9 inch iPad, it'll work with a 9.7 inch iPad. One product can suit all of those size iPad Pros. Connected it with the cable in the back sits at a comfortable angle for you to view, to use your apps, to even type, uh, and get a charge at the same time. Price at $149.95. iPad Pro users, check it out at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you to the good people at Oppo for hosting us down here in Melbourne uh, for the evening and for uh, congratulations on their partnership with JB Hi-Fi. Next week, Stephen, uh, thanks to the good people at Virgin Australia, we'll, um, we'll be uh, podcasting from... Um, yeah, no, we're, but um, you know, the, the flight is long. I'm hoping to get some. Hang on, he's getting the plug in to get his platinum, his double platinum. Hello. But no, we're flying to Bali with Huawei to do some camera tests on their most recent phones. So that'll be interesting because I think you'll be like me, you'll probably bring a few others as well to uh, test yeah, against yeah. it. But uh, they're, they're putting all their eggs in the Leica camera basket. Yeah, so, yeah, right. you know, we're going to test it out uh, in a beautiful tourist so destination. Very exotic Bali. location for so, two blokes talking tech, episode 253. So for those that thought coming to Melbourne was a big deal <laughs> for getting the two blokes we in person. We record everywhere. Where have we recorded so far? Vegas, Barcelona, Barcelona Berlin, Melbourne, Melbourne, Berlin, Bali, Bali. Yeah, we'll go anywhere. Two everywhere. blokes talking travel. And uh, we're open to suggestions from Absolutely. companies willing to host Anyone us. Anyone who wanted, if you fly us somewhere, we will host our show from that destination. Let's face it, we'll do it. To be honest, if you're a listener and you want us to come to our house, want us to come to your house, we probably would. Uh, two, two we'll blokes. Some meat pies for Trevor. He'll be happy. Yeah, and Stephen right? all the glamorous stuff. I just want a bloody meat pie. Two blokes talking tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back again next week live from Bali. Thanks to Huawei, and we were here this week for Oppo uh, for the new R9, which will be out on May the 9th in JB Hi-Fi. Yeah.